I have eight minutes to deliver the best eight-minute sermon you've ever had in your life. If you think I'm doing that, you're crazy. You know, you know that's impossible. But um, I am going to keep it short today because we had a lot of celebrating, a lot of honoring, and I just, I feel like I've had church already, honestly. I just feel like Jesus is in the, the middle of honoring moms today. So happy Mother's Day to everyone that's here. Um, you know, there are a lot of great women in Scripture that we could talk about that I was thinking about and as I was preparing this sermon. So, so many powerful women in Scripture, right? I mean, I just mentioned Hannah, the mother of, of Samuel. Uh, then we've got Anna, the prophetess, who preached daily in the temple. I mean, good grief. Some people say women can't be preachers. They've not read the Bible uh, because Anna, all the way back in the Old Testament, I mean, she was whipping devil butt before it was cool. Um, then you've got Esther and you've got Ruth and you've got Mary and Martha. You know, you get the drift. There are a lot of women in scripture. And so we celebrate women today. And there are a lot of women in my life that I could pull principles from their life to kind of point you to Jesus today and be an encouragement. I've got a fantastic wife who is a great mom and um, got a great mother-in-law who just relocated to heaven that I could talk about. Got a great mom who brought me up in the house of the Lord, uh, understanding what it means to fear the Lord. Um, I, just so many women, right? You, you get the point. Um, but I wanted to talk about one woman today because I am a one woman kind of guy. And so I wanted to talk about one woman in scripture. Uh, and, and it's none other than Mary, the mother of Jesus. Because I, I was doing some thinking and I was like, you know, if one woman was chosen on the earth to bring forth the incarnate son of God, incarnation of God, uh, there's something about her that we might could learn on Mother's Day. Now, I don't, I want to be careful today because there's a lot of religious tradition wrapped up in this topic. Catholics would say that uh, Mary, the mother of Jesus, is our interceder. She's our mediator. She is, she is our, our way to, to Christ. Uh, I don't hold those philosophies. I think the Catholic denomination or religion leans way too much into Mary, the mother of Jesus, but then on the other hand, there's the other extreme of Protestants who are so afraid to give Mary, the mother of Jesus, honor that they totally not acknowledge any contribution that she made, right? Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, let's not bring up Mary. She's just a mom. <laughs> you know? It's true. And so I'm hoping to bridge the gap today, and we're not going to honor her as if she's Christ, but we're going to honor her for not just the mom that she was and is, but the fact that she was chosen. She was chosen by God to bring to earth the Son of God. So today, uh, on Mother's Day, I have a, have a great message, and I'll, I'll keep it short. And some of the guys in the room are probably thinking, oh my gosh, I came to church on Mother's Day. What was I thinking? It's going to be all about ladies and babies and frills. and No, this sermon is for everyone, female 
male, young, old, married, single, like it is for everyone. The takeaway today as we talk about Mary is for everyone. So I want to take you to my text really quickly. It's in Luke chapter 1. And this is text that we would typically read during Christmas time. Uh, but there's no better time than today. The Bible doesn't say you can only read this text during Christmas time. But it's Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. And I'm reading in the ESV translation. Yours may read slightly different, but it should have the same uh, meaning. It says, in the sixth month... The angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin. Uh, The word virgin in this time means the same thing that it means today in our time. To a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. I love, I love this next line. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. Do, do, do you see the irony of that? So the angel shows up and says, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. Um, an angelic being is standing before Mary and her only concern is she's troubled at the saying, at the phrase. She's not shocked that a supernatural being has showed up. She's not feeling any hair on the back of her neck stand up. That's, that's concerning to me, you know. Uh, if an angel visited us, you, you and me for real, like showed up in our living room, uh, I'm, sure that, I'm not sure that our first reaction would be to question the angel's vocabulary Uh, pronunciation, and sentence structure. You know, I think uh, most of us, even me, you know, I'm 46, 47, uh, been a Christian a long time, uh, been a professing Christian my whole life, been a real Christian, uh, not quite my whole life, but long enough that if an angel were to show up in my living room, I would probably pass out or take off running. I mean, that's just me. You may be more in tune with the spirit realm, but uh, some of us in the room might even say, oh my God, this stuff is for real. It's for real. I'm so glad I said yes to Jesus. It's for real, you know. Um, Not Mary, though. She didn't do that. She didn't have a heart attack. She just was concerned about the greeting. She wasn't shocked. She was just troubled at the saying and a little uncertain about the greeting. Now, I'm going to come back to that, so I just want you to put that in your back pocket, okay? Her response was not a response that you and I would likely have had. She was just curious about the greeting. So, verse 30 goes on. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will receive, you will conceive, (laughs) same You will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. I love this. And his kingdom, of his kingdom, there shall be no end. Wow, what a promise. 
there shall be no end. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, as if the story wasn't always or already weird, it gets more weird, okay? The angel shows up, says, hey, you're about to get pregnant by a spirit. And by the way, your cousin Elizabeth, who is already in her old age and who was barren, declared barren, she is now conceived a son, and this is her sixth month. Um, verse 37 says, for nothing shall be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. What a way to open the book of Luke. God has been silent for 400 years. And then he chooses to have an angel show up and deliver a message to a couple people that we read about. Zechariah is one of them. And then we see this teenage girl uh, that's getting an angelic visitation. Now listen, angelic visitations are not common in the Bible. I know because we read a couple of stories here and there, we think that it just must be on every page, but it's actually not super common to have an angelic visitation in the Bible. Moreover, it's even less common to happen to a teenage girl. Like this is extremely unique. So when we read it, we know that something is up. Something is about to happen. And this angel shows up, uh, she, she shows, not this angel shows up, uh, Mary wakes up, probably thinking about her day, you know, she's betrothed, she's in love, wondering about her wedding, uh, probably thinking about the, the dowry that her dad had to pay, she's probably collecting uh, pieces of fabric and different items to, to make her dress, um, she's probably, on that day, I imagine, looking at a, a recipe because she's hungry for hummus and pita bread. Like she is just, she's just ready to do her day and bam, an angel shows up. She wasn't planning to have a visitation that morning. She wasn't expecting to see an angel show up. She was planning all kinds of things. Uh, but I will say this, the fact that Mary didn't have a heart attack when the angel showed up suggests to me that maybe, maybe, this was not highly unusual for her. Maybe because she was only concerned about the greeting, she said, what kind of greeting is this? If she's wondering what kind of greeting this is, that would suggest at least uh, to a rational thinker that she's had many greetings before in visitations and she had grown accustomed to them. She wasn't shocked by the visitation. She was just curious about the greeting. And, and so we know, at least the text says, that she was a young woman that clearly had a heart after God. She was a young woman that was aware of the things of God. She wasn't shocked when the visitation happened. She wasn't shocked when an angel showed up to give her a divine assignment. Most of us would have had to been resuscitated if God chose to send an angel to release to us a divine assignment. Are you with me? 
but not Mary. Not Mary. This girl was about to get the role of birthing God into humanity. That's a big deal. What kind of girl gets chosen as the one to birth God into humanity? I mean, let's just think about that for a moment. God. The one who spoke life into existence, the one who hung the stars, the one that tells the ocean how far to come, God, who created all living things, who created the solar system, the universe. God is going to fit into hands and toes, fingers and toes, with eyes, ears, and a nose, and then placed inside a womb to be delivered from Mary. Now, having a baby of any size is a big deal, but having a baby the size of God is massive. What kind of girl gets chosen for that? I'll tell you what kind of girl gets chosen for that. A very ordinary one. Because that's how God births things in generations. He births through ordinary people. And what the Holy Spirit did 2,000 years ago through Mary, he's doing to you and I today. He has placed something inside of you that he wants to get out of you. And God will use very ordinary people just like me, just like you, to birth not the incarnate God in the world, but the image of God. You see, you and I are carriers of the image of Christ. And he's looking for someone who today will say yes to birthing him on the scene again. Our world is very broken. It's overrun with chaos. Our world is in darkness. But the hope of the world is the church. I'm not talking about buildings and parking lots, though I do believe that something happens in a place that you've designed to meet God, and I I believe that there's power in a place. But when I say the hope of the world is the church, I'm talking about the body of Christ. You and I, those who claim to be followers of Jesus, we are the hope of the world. The Spirit of God living inside of us, God wants to birth himself to the world again today. I hope on this Mother's Day that we're not so reflective on what was once birthed, but we understand that there are contractions right now, and we're needing to breathe right now. We're needing to focus again right now, because God is wanting to birth something on Mother's Day of 2021 in your life, in your heart, in your family, and in your home. Just like Mary was called to birth Jesus in her generation, you and I are called to birth him in ours. So what does it take to do that? What does it take? First of all, we have to accept the reality that God will use ordinary people. Too many of us are trying to run around and get credentials and, 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 and get the resume to look like we are someone that God can use. But God just needs your yes. He doesn't need your education. He doesn't need, I'm not anti-education. I love education. Can I get an amen from an intellectual community? I'm educated on some things myself. But God's not looking for that. God's not looking for you to be rich and to build your wealth before you can be used. I believe that your wealth will build as a reflection of God at work in your life, but he's not needing that. God God isn't 
God isn't needing your gifts, your talent, your portfolio, your voice, your instrument. He's, he's just needing your yes today. We have to accept that God uses incredibly ordinary people. There is nothing that suggests that Mary was anything special, by the way. The only reason you even know about the town Nazareth is because Jesus came from there. Nazareth was a podunk city, right? How could anything good come from Nazareth? I mean, and Mary, to top it all off, she was a woman. She was a woman. Uh, Some scholars say that there are actually no records of Mary and, and not Bible scholars, intellectuals that try to disprove the Bible, they will say there's no uh, proof of Mary's existence. And because they don't understand that the entire word of God is prophecy, then 98 of it, that percent has already been fulfilled. So this is more accurate uh, than any document in human history. By the way, don't, don't get me started on the, the, the Bible. That's a whole other sermon that I can back up. I can cash that check. Do you know what I mean? The Bible is absolutely the word of God. It's not blind faith to believe in the word of God. It takes, okay, I'm getting on a tangent. It takes more faith to not believe in the word of God. But that's another sermon. I need to move on. What was my point, Pedro? What was my point? How did I get on this? Oh, oh, so Mary comes from Nazareth, and they don't have any real record of her except the Bible. Uh, What I'm telling you is she was a no-name woman. Like, Jesus is her only claim to fame. Right? God uses incredibly ordinary people. He comes to her, and he says, hey, will you accept this? Will you... you Allow me to use you to birth the Savior of the world. And she says, yes. She was favored. Twice the angel has to tell her she's favored. Listen to me. You're favored. You, my friend, are favored. Whether you agree with it or not, whether you like it or not. Some of us are like, give me all the favor. I'll take the favor. Favor ain't fair, baby. Bring it on. Uh, Some of you are are so favored, like you pull into a parking uh, lot and you say, God, give me the best parking spot. And it opens, right? Like the Red Sea parts and you just drive right to the straight door. And you think that's favor. And and some of you are so favored that you apply for a job and you get it instantly. And and you say you want this much money. And the company says, no, I want to double that. And you say, favor. (laughs) Right? That's not really favor. I mean... I guess it's kind of favor, but the Greek word here, favor, is charis, which is only used six times in the Bible as favor. The 160 other times it's used, it's called grace. This was grace showing up on the scene before Jesus ever was nailed to a cross. She had favor. You see, you are favored, my friend, and you think, awesome favor. I've been wanting favor for a long time. Maybe my bank account will increase. Maybe I'll get my own reality TV show. Maybe uh, my Instagram will blow up and I'll be insta-famous. Maybe I can start this business. Um, She didn't, though, she didn't realize in the moment what favor was going to bring her way. God says, 
Favor looks an awful lot like being overshadowed by the Holy Spirit, conceiving something inside of you that no one else understands. No one else understands how it gets there. Conceiving a child, immaculate conception. Oh, and by the way, I want you to go and explain that to Joseph. Mary could have been stoned to death, like stone, physical rocks stoned, not 2021 stoned. She could have been stoned to death. She could have been rejected. She could have been totally cast out. The favor of God has a price tag. It has a price tag. And listen, favor is for service, not for status. A lot of us want to claim favor because we want to elevate our status, but what we don't understand and what God is looking for is someone who's willing to embrace favor, understanding that means you're going to get more dirty. You're going to get more sweaty. You're going to bleed a little bit more. You're going to have to serve people a little bit more because that's what favor does. That's what the grace of God on our life does. It puts us before kings, not so that we get to become royalty, but so that we can serve others. And Mary said, yes, are you willing to receive the favor of the Lord for service, not for your own status? Now, feeling fear, by the way, uh, the angel said, do not fear. Feeling fear would be absolutely normal, I think, in this situation. When God drops a God-sized dream inside of your heart, your heart might pause for a moment. Now, if it's within your own will, and it's within your own skill set, and it's within your own ability, no, no fear is attached. But when there is a God-sized dream that is placed inside of you, sometimes you have to catch your breath. Feeling fear is normal. The angel says, don't be afraid. I would suggest that many of us what holds us back from birthing God into our generation is we're afraid of what it's going to cost us in terms of reputation, relationships, resources. We are paralyzed and crippled by fear. Mary wasn't. This ordinary woman wasn't crippled by fear. Second Timothy 1.7 says that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Our world is spinning out of control, and fear and terror are crippling people. Do you hear me? But God has not given us a spirit of fear. We don't stop taking risks because of what ifs. We don't run away from the darkness. We step into the darkness. We, as followers of Jesus, aren't afraid of darkness. We dispel the darkness. Jesus Christ did not come from heaven to earth to die on the cross, to raise from the grave so that you and I can hide out and be comfortable and sit in the corner and beg God for the rapture. Oh Lord, this world is awful. Just, just take me now. Just come and get us. I've, I've actually said, I've said, Lord, I'm just ready to go home. But not me by myself. Like not, it's trace time. I'm, I'm ready for the rapture. <laughs> Take us all or leave me here a little bit longer, Jesus. That's all I'm saying. 
And there's nothing wrong for watching and waiting and longing for the return of Jesus. He is coming back, and he's coming back very soon. And listen, the world isn't getting better. I've read the book. It's continuing. It will continue to get worse. And there will be a moment where God rescues his children in the blink of an eye at the sound of a trumpet. But until then, Jesus didn't come from heaven to earth and die on a cross and suffer a brutal, painful death and overcome death, hell, and the grave so that you and I can shrink back, so that you and I can live in fear. He, he actually came so that you and I would be dangerous to the kingdom of darkness. So do it afraid. That's what we say in our home. Go ahead, Chad. Let's, let's help me hit, land the plane because my timer is over. That was a really long eight minutes, wasn't it? It felt like it was 10. Do it afraid. In our family, we say, do it afraid. You, you're scared to step out and witness to someone, do it afraid. You're scared to pray out loud, do it afraid. You're nervous to use that prophetic gift and to allow the Holy Spirit to move you and to use discernment. Do it afraid. And the more you walk in the Spirit, the things of the flesh fall away. When you say yes to God, your life will be interrupted. It's 100% absolute fact. When you say yes to Jesus, you know, Mary on that day, she wasn't saying, and today's the day I start to be the mother of God. She had other plans, another agenda. Her day looked totally different. But when you say yes to Jesus, it interrupts your today and it redirects your tomorrow. Mary didn't say that there's no such thing as a pregnant virgin. She didn't say, but God, that's impossible. She understood that God begins where our possibility ends. He isn't asking if you think it's possible. Listen, I hope today that God stirs up some dreams in you. I hope today that that there's some courage that rebuilds. Some of you have, as I spoke earlier in the service, we've drifted back, we've settled, we've been content. We've created a happy, new, safe Life, And it's time to shake that up again. It's time to be dangerous for the kingdom of darkness. It is time to be a weapon that God is going to use. To not hide from darkness, but to step in it. To be the light that dispels the darkness. I'm praying that today some of you find the courage to say yes again. Yes to being used. Yes to being bold. Yes to making mistakes and learning from them. God is, God is absolutely okay with using ordinary people who don't know what they're doing, who don't understand the plan, but they simply understand the power of a yes. Think of Noah. A Noah who, who had never seen an ark before. Hey, Noah, what you building? I don't know. God said, build a boat. I'm building a boat. Why? It might rain. What's rain? I don't know. But God said it's going to rain. Think of David, who never in a million years would have thought while he was practicing with a slingshot with a Coca-Cola can on the back 40, that someday it was going to be used against a giant. He didn't understand, but he knew the power 
of a yes. Think of Moses standing before the Red Sea. The Red Sea that hadn't yet split with the Egyptian army on their tail and he has nothing advanced but a stick. Okay. Yes, Lord. God steps in when the impossible realm has begun. Think about Peter getting out of the boat. The Israelites marching around the walls of Jericho for seven days. How ridiculous was that? Blowing the trumpet, shouting. I just imagine the people in Jericho pointing, getting their popcorn. Hopefully it's fat-free. Popcorn, watching through the windows. Look at these fools marching around here. But on the seventh day, something changed. Once their obedience went to completion and their yes kicked in, the walls began to shake. Some of you, it's time today to say yes again. You've said yes before, I know, but we're not looking at what you birthed before. We're looking at what the Lord wants to birth in you, through you, and for the world today. So will you stand to your feet? I want to pray over you. You're ready to say yes again, yes You don't have to be a mom. You don't have to be a woman. You can be a man, a teenager. You can be young or old, rich or poor, white or black. You can speak English or not. If you don't speak English, I hope you understand what I'm saying. And if not, the Holy Spirit is moving you because it's not an accident that you're here this morning. You thought you came to celebrate mamas but you didn't know you were gonna get tapped on the shoulder to birth something new. So Father, right now in the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, God, I thank you that you're not done with us yet. God, I thank you that there is purpose that is welling up inside of every person here this morning. God, I thank you that uh, you have plans and a destiny for us. And God, cancer is not our enemy. COVID is not our enemy. Divorce is not our enemy. Fear is the enemy. And we rise up against it today. And we say that fear will not shut down the destiny that God has placed in our life. Fear will not control the steps we take toward the calling that God has placed on on our life. So Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, God, just shake up the snow globe and let our dreams surface again. For those of us that have dead dreams, God birthed new dreams. Not dreams that we've manufactured, but dreams from heaven that have been placed in our heart because we were created for such a time as this. In Jesus' name I pray. Let the church say, amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for being here today. Carrie and I love you. Happy Mother's Day. We hope to see you Wednesday at Awaken, 6.30 to 7.30 p.m. God bless you.